welcome to Table Talk. Table Talk is the podcast where we aim to connect current culture with Christianity. This is our first episode of 2022 and I'm sat here, it's a beautifully glorious uh, sunny day, blue skies and in the virtual studio we have the portable priest, Pat Allerton. Pat, you're very welcome to Table Talk. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jack. It's glorious to be with you in our virtual studio. Pat, why why are you the portable priest? I thought we'd start there because it's a funny name. Can you can you explain the story behind that name? Yes. So I'm a vicar in um, the Church of England, and I'm a vicar in Notting Hill, more specifically. And behind my church, literally, is the Portobello Road. And so when I came here just over four years ago. I decided to set up a sort of more public-facing Instagram account and call myself the Portobello Priest. Not that I'm the only one in this neighborhood, but I just thought it was catchy, had a ring to it. it you know, and on that account, I would just post stuff about the church, what we're getting up to, talks we've done, interesting events. So I was the Portobello Priest, and then COVID came along, and in a nutshell, I felt led to go onto the streets and try and take a bit of hope, lift, lift a few spirits by taking a, a portable sound system and simply play one hymn, uh, an old classic favorite, Amazing Grace, that I think everyone can connect with, whether they are Christians, people of faith, or people of no faith. Everyone knows that song. It's a beautiful song. Everyone can even sing along. So I, I went on the streets playing Amazing Grace, then leading a time, time of silence to reflect on people we've lost, people who are having a tough time during COVID, people in the NHS. We'd hold them in mind. If people pray, they could pray for them then or just be quiet. And then I closed with the Lord's Prayer, inviting people to join together. So I, he- I basically headed to the streets with a hymn and a prayer. And the media, who had absolutely nothing else to write about at this time, um, <laughs> picked up on this story uh, somehow and just began sort of seeking me out to ask a bit about what I'm up to. Um, I was going around on a tricycle. as It was my daily exercise. Lots of heavy speakers and this petrol generator going to different streets, starting in my, in my parish, my area. But then I got invited elsewhere and I'd go to hospitals. And in an interview with a, a journalist from the Associated Press, who this woman, and I said, oh, I'm the Portobello priest. And, you know, that's how other outlets have been reporting it. But she... I don't know where she got the, the brazen courage and cheekiness to, to rechristen me. She decided to take it upon herself to basically rebrand me as the portable priest. So before I could do anything about it, the article had come out and I was no longer the portobello priest. I was the portable priest, which I tried to shut down. But actually, she's like, oh, it's too late. It's, it's gone out. But in hindsight, I think, do you know what? It was a much more appropriate name for, for what I was doing. So that's where it comes from. Brilliant. The portable, and that's kind of stuck now. For people who are interested, you can follow um, Pat on Instagram as the portable priest. That's your handle still, isn't it? It is, it is. It will probably forever be my name. It's funny, isn't it? Because I know you probably wouldn't call yourself this, but I will. You're, you're kind of like an influencer for Christians. All you're doing is, I guess, when I watch it, I really enjoy it. But, you know, you walk down the street and just share a thought in the morning or often you're plugging kind of, like you said, events and stuff going on in the Notting Hill area. But it's not often 
I don't know. It's not often on Instagram or Facebook like you're coming across like a Christian influencer, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so there we go, guys. If you if you fancy that, follow Pat. I think you really enjoy it. But that is not actually our topic of this afternoon. I brought Pat on because we're January, start of the new year, and I thought first of all I'd love to hear how you're feeling about 2022. But then I thought we'd just, just unpack our theme of, shall we bother with New Year's resolutions anymore? Like, should we just give up on them or keep going? Do they make us feel too bad and guilty? And, or are they actually a really good thing? And that? So I thought we'd unpack that. But first, like, how, are you, how are you feeling this January? Well, it definitely it helps to be doing this challenge you, Jack, now with the sun coming through the window, just, just beaming onto my face. I know I'm looking at myself on your screen. I look angelic in that sort of celestial (laughs) celestial light but (laughs) i definitely feel do you know what i think more than any time in my life really i think i've embraced this changing of the year as a turning of the page i mean i think for all of us 2021 was um you know ranks pretty low and scores fairly poorly and we're all quite glad to be moving on and so I feel excited. I feel, you know, hopefully we're beginning to learn that COVID is is sort of losing ground a bit, seems to be weakening. Mm-hmm. As such, I think it's the first time for two years that we can begin to make more concrete plans. And just, you know, I got married last year, which is exciting. So first full year of marriage to my lovely wife, Kirsty. And, you know, making plans, maybe trying for a family, that sort of stuff. It's, I'm glad I'm really embracing like the changing of a year. It is a chance for a fresh start. And I'm, I'm holding on to that. Love that. Have you made any specific New Year's resolutions? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, one hopes to take more exercise. That's yet to manifest, <laughs> you know, eat more healthily. I think the one main thing I really feel is actually leaving the past behind. I've always been quite bad, I think, in my life at looking backwards, looking back at mistakes and regrets and things I could have done better. And if the problem is, if you go through life facing backwards, you miss all the blessings, all the great things that are ahead of you. And I guess my New Year's resolution is like live life looking forwards. Wow live life looking forward well i feel embarrassed to share mine now yeah what is your because yours, yours is quite profound and mine is um i'm gonna try i don't think it's very ambitious two nights a week from when i get home from work i'm just gonna turn my phone off for the evening and then switch it back on at 7am with the aim of just having a bit better quality time with my wife uninterrupted and just not to pick it up just to show that I can do it <laughs> so but I haven't got done very good at that so far okay <laughs> so you're living life for- that is that oh, is thanks. a great resolution just to encourage you oh, I really appreciate that but you're you're going to live life facing forwards in 2022 I really like that and you've shared a few things I think quite popular is the idea of self-improvement and so in, in some ways, January, it is often this kind of fresh, like you've said, it's a new year. It's like a fresh go at being a better version of ourselves or, or somehow self-improving. I don't know about you, but I just think that is even more a thing now than it was maybe 10 years ago. Do you think that's true? Like, is it, it of your observations of, of mates and, and people you know that we're, we're big on self-improvement these days? Yeah, we, we do love it. I think... I think that people's sort of sense of what's possible, you know, grows and our, our aspirations stretch and 
we see this person doing that or that person doing this and it inspires us and we sort of think i want to go after that and there's so many creative ways for people to accelerate in life and have success in life and so i think that inspires more of a sense of like i'm going to go for this but also it's a real thing isn't it i mean people can improve we can improve in so many areas of our life you know we can work at our fitness if you go to the gym and you are committed to a, a regime you will hopefully you know see some growth in in your strength or your health whatever it is so if you practice decide you're going to take up a musical instrument and practice it you, you will get better so there are so many areas in life where if you make some changes tweaks resolutions you can improve and so I think that's to be celebrated. We're all born with so many gifts and the Bible, Christian tradition and teaching lays down that we are made in the image of God. You know, that is the fundamental concept. That's where the principle of human rights and the equality of all comes from because there's something inherently valuable about each one of us. But also we have talents. And what are we going to do with those talents? How are we going to maximize those talents? Yeah, so I, I definitely lean into like, Go for it. Go and pursue your dreams. Go and give your best. But I've got a very big sort of check, which is because I think for me, you know, I didn't grow up a Christian. I didn't grow up with faith. Um, I came to it when I was 18 and everything changed. And it is a fundamental worldview shift for the better, obviously, and a healthy one. And what faith gives you, you know, and what my, you know, now I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe, you know, in heaven in eternity, in hell. It gives you a perspective on your life, on what things to take seriously and what things not to take too seriously. And I think the one word of warning I'd speak into sort of resolutions and this idea of self-improvement is the fact that we're all only here for a short while. To take it on a bit of a down, all of us, one day, we're all going to die. And that is a fundamental disappointment, especially for those who just want to know self-improvement and not have any interruption to that. I'm already, like, I turned 43 over Christmas. And for the last 10 years, I've always lived in slight, like, gosh, when's our peak? When are we in our prime? Yeah. When are we over the hill? And yeah. I, I've reached the last few years, you know, had to come to that sobering recognition that, mm. do you know what? My best day, my best physical days like looking your best being your fitness being, <laughs> here we go you know those might be behind yeah. me and yeah how, how how do you manage those disappointments botox botox <laughs> well that's what i'm talking about i wanted to offer a spiritual botox which is when you know you have that hope when you know what the future looks like you don't need to fear death you don't even need to fear aging you don't even need to fear moving past your peak or your prime because you know your best days are still ahead. You know, that's going to be eternity. And this is where everything changes. When, when you open up to that, that's what I experienced. His life comes to fill you and nothing can take that away. No matter how many times you break your resolutions, you are always loved. You are always accepted. And ultimately, you're going to live forever in God's presence, in a glorious resurrection body that I don't even think there'll be gyms, Jack, in heaven. I think we'll just all be naturally, yeah. the fun show will be out. You know, you'll be your best self. Um, so, sorry, I've, Forever. I've rattled off. No, that's great, but that'd be so, I don't know, I'm just thinking about a lot of my friends. They would think, maybe that going to church or trying to li live a Christian life 
would just be another thing on their list that, that kind of makes them feel guilty. I mean, you mentioned that earlier you, about leaving things in the past. For a lot of people, they might associate religion with, with guilt, and that's one thing they could do without. What would you say to someone like that? Um, well, I'd say, like, do you want to live a, a true life, or do you want to live a made-up life where you run from things and hide from things and deny things, even if they're true? Living life to the full means... You've got to look in the mirror sometimes. You've got to know what reality is sometimes. And how do you find that out? And what Christianity holds out is the reality of the human condition. The big story is God made this universe. I've been watching Brian Cox's universe program on the BBC. Stunning, amazing, mind-blowing. But it always leaves the question, like, who's behind it? Why are we here? So if you start with the fact that, you know, God made us and he loves us. But we all know something's wrong with the world, don't we? If you're honest, you look in the mirror, I look in the I know something's wrong with me and within me. It's part of what led me to explore faith in the first place. So there's got to be a reality check. So when it comes to, okay, is it going to make you feel guilty? I, I, I liken it to, okay, when you go and visit the doctor, it's like saying, I don't want to go to church because it's going to make me feel guilty. It's a bit like saying, I don't want to go to the doctor because he's going to tell me there's something wrong with me. But what if there is something wrong with you? And what if that doctor can help? if he can help cure you. And what the church holds out is like, there is phenomenally good news for each one of us. But to get there, there is some bad news. Yes, we're not perfect. I don't know about you. I'm happy to admit I'm not perfect. Of course, we all are. But that's as bad as the news gets. If you could admit that to yourself and to others, which is what being a Christian is, it's just saying, I'm not perfect. I fall short. I've messed up. I made mistakes. If you can admit your guilt, if you like, that's precisely why Jesus came. He came to remove our guilt. He came to forgive us. He came to give us a fresh start. But it's like going to the doctor and you walk in and he does some tests and he says, I'm sorry, you've got cancer, but we've got a treatment. We're going to, yeah. we're going to make you yeah. well. Now you can choose not to go to the doctor because you don't want to hear that bad news. But if that bad news is true, then it doesn't matter that you don't pay the doctor a visit. That cancer is still going to kill you. So all I'd say to your listeners, and I say to my friends, my family, none of whom are Christian, I just say, look, is it that hard to face a bit of bad news if it's true and if it leads mm. to good news? Yeah, that's helpful. And it's, you know, it's an interesting time of year for that, isn't it? Where people start new habits. And like you mentioned, like, it's a really good thing um, to go to the gym. But it is hard, isn't it? Because if you're anything like me, you just try and bury those bad bits or you're aware of them. But you, if, you're hoping if you ignore them, <laughs> then they'll just go away. That's often what I, the approach I would take. And, I, I, and many people would with the church or, or with Christianity, they would just be like, oh, I'll get to that one day maybe. But it's thanks, uh, Pat, because I, I do think what you're saying is much bigger than getting a little bit fitter, looking a little bit better. Yeah. Ultimately, and, and all I'd say to people is like, look, go and pursue truth and meaning and go after those things and don't give up until you, you find that. I believe it will lead you to Jesus. I believe, you know, like you, Jack, that, that God is real, that Jesus rose from the dead. And here's why that is such a comfort and it transforms your life because when you've when you've got the biggest fear, like we've been living in an age of fear the last two years, the pandemic, everyone's hiding away, getting vaccinated, wearing masks. Because, why? Because we don't want to get the, the virus. We're, we're afraid of getting sick. 
And ultimately, our biggest fear, we're afraid of dying. And that's what the world's been faced with the last two years. But let me tell you, when you've got an answer for death, when that fear has been dealt with, you need fear nothing else. You can go out and just face the world, whatever it might bring, because you know that the, the creator of it all is on your side. And whatever happens to you, he's in control. And the Bible says, like, every day ordained for us was written in his book before one of them came to be. You know, so I don't know what the rest of today holds. You know, I might step out the door and get knocked down by an, an Uber taxi that you sent around to deliver this headset microphone. I might be off to the, the next life pretty quickly. Or I might live for another, you know, 60 years. But you can live free. And I just would just say to people, like, what are you living for? What's, what's your overarching story and, you know, narrative that, that holds it all together? Do you have one? And if you don't, don't be afraid. You know, face the fact that, like, okay, I don't yet have one. And just go on that journey. Ask some questions. Go on an alpha course. Go on Christianity Explore, whatever it might be. Go to a local church. Come to Notting Hill. I'd love to see you. You know, go and join, yeah. join Jack. There's an invitation. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and get personal now, putting you on the spot. How dare you? But can you see any examples of you, like how you've changed versus Pat uh, before you were a Christian? Have you seen that in your life in a way that's more than just a bit of Pat gritting his teeth and a bit of self-improvement? Yeah, like I say, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. None of my family are Christians. My dad's got a, a sort of a gentle faith. You know, I think he'd ascribe to Christianity ahead of anything else, but I, it's not my world. But at 18, I had these questions about meaning, about purpose, about life and death and what happens when we die and is there a God and what's life about? My best friend took me to church in London, took me to Christian Union at school and eventually took me on a camp in the Easter holidays. And I heard a talk there on the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus, that the tomb was empty. Jesus's body was never found. The Christian explanation is because he rose again. And that talk changed my life because I went back to my room and I prayed a prayer seemingly to the ceiling. It was like, and before this, I was, I was from a privileged background, but we'd had some troubles. You know, my parents got divorced when I was 10. My dad's business was defrauded. He was, he was left totally broke, penniless for, for, for a long time, for many years. And suffered, you know, there was depression and, and I had these traumas and I, I, there was angst, there was anger, there was confusion in me. I didn't know what life was about and I felt hurt and pain that I couldn't heal. And it made me at times angry and aggressive to the world and to those around me and those who knew me before I, I was a Christian. Let's put it this way. After I was a Christian, I turned up at this church. This lad who was at school with me went up to my best friend who brought me to faith and was like, what's he doing here? And he's like, oh, he's, he's become a Christian. And he was sort of like, are you sure? You know, just sort of nervous that I was going to burn the building down. But when, when I, that night after that talk on the evidence for the resurrection, I went back to my room and I was like, God, I... I think you're there, but I don't know you. All these other kids around me seem to know you. I want to know you. Back then, I was into sort of other things for finding my identity, you know, drinking lots, um, drugs, smoking a lot of weed. You know, those were my circles, my security. But in that moment, just what I now know to be, it's just God, his spirit came and filled me. And this sense of love and joy and peace and hope overwhelmed me, which I, that changed everything. You know, and from that moment, there was light. I was a different person. I felt like I'd plugged into the mains, you know, 
uh, in a good way. It doesn't. Yeah, in a good way. You know, obviously there have been ups and downs and challenges and disappointments, heartbreaks over the years. But there's a fundamental joy and peace and hope that nothing can take from me personally. And I see it happen again and again in those around me. Um, and it's, that's why it's bigger than doing, you know, before that, I was just trying to do things in my own strength. I remember as a kid, about four or five-year-old, I was a right terror. I remember saying to my mum, I'm turning over a new leaf, mummy. You know, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be well-behaved. And then the next day, it was completely the same. Maybe I lasted a day or two. In my own strength, I could never shift things. But things change when you know you're loved and accepted just as you are without needing to strive, without needing to perform. And he'll forgive you. And can I ask you a bit more? So you mentioned 2022 is going to be about looking forward. What if you have a bad day and you do drift back to negative thoughts and false guilt? Like what do you do with that? Does that make you a bad Christian? Does that make you... A failure or... I, I mean, that's my premise. That's my starting point. The sooner we recognize we're, we're all bad Christians, if there's Christians listening to this, <laughs> whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, winning at life in my view or losing, God's love never changes and he accepts me. He accepts me in because of what Jesus has done on my behalf. I am forever accepted. You know, there's nothing I could do that would mean God rejects me. So I always start the day knowing I'm a pretty rubbish Christian. It's that love, it's that acceptance that becomes the engine room, like the wind in your sails. Yes. Like, this is the difference between trying to do it by yourself and doing it with God's power within you. Like I've got, was donated by a parishioner, a, a big old Volvo from the, about 900 years ago, uh, which now is my car outside. Just last week, the two front tires went within 24 hours. Imagine the, the tires were all flat, plus it had no fuel. And I thought, okay, I'll move around by pushing this two-ton vehicle around London. That's how I'm meant to live this life, by pushing this car around. If we didn't know, it, it, the difference is like trying to do it in our own strength or recognizing actually we should blow up the tires and there should be some fuel in the tank. And then you drive it. It's like the difference in when God gives you power to do something you get a fresh energy. I've got more energy than I ever knew was possible through faith. And that's, that's on the inside. For anyone who's fearing, ugh, you know, I don't know about, you know, you just get weary trying to do your best. And, totally. And God's generous, his free gift of love and forgiveness, that becomes in you a fuel to drive you forward. And it's, it's as different as pushing a Volvo uphill to just stepping on the accelerator. That is just, that's a great picture. I can definitely imagine that. I had the same dad wagon. Um, <laughs> to, I actually just traded it in. I'm now, um, all my listeners will know, I'm, I, I, we did a few episodes on COP26, and one of one of the guys we interviewed persuaded me to go hybrid. So Really? We, Have you gone hybrid? Mm, yeah, we've gone hybrid. With what? Um it's a Mitsubishi Outlander. So now I feel quite smug when I drive past me. You know, you, yeah. you feel very no, I'm smug. Joking. <laughs> to be honest, I actually just really missed the Volvo. I just loved it. It was brilliant. It was a tank. No one has ever died in one of those Volvos. You know that. That's the stat. They're like the safest car in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're a thing. it's like my brother calls it the flying sofa. But... They are not environmentally the friendliest, so uh, no, I, I do need to do something about that. Well, Pat, look, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Definitely going to have 
your image left in my mind of you trying to push a Volvo up a hill with two flat tires versus you just pressing accelerator and just no that's a really powerful illustration of how the Christian life has put wind in your sails and it's evident not loads of people would get a big speaker and just trawl the streets of London <laughs> um, yeah. uh, throughout lockdown so well done for that that was awesome and thanks, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on Table Talk thanks for having me Jack great to meet you and cheers to all your listeners bye Well done for making it to the end of another Table Talk episode. If you enjoyed that, why not hit subscribe now wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend on WhatsApp. We'd really appreciate your support. We'd also love to hear from you, our listeners, and you can do that getting in touch by emailing us at tabletalkfeedback at gmail.com. That's tabletalkfeedback, all one word, at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.